1: the power of their data wasabi, another Boston based championship team.
0: It is another edition of High Hopes as we continue to bask in the excitement, the glory of Jake Arietta coming to Philadelphia and. With me, we are so excited to finally get him on High Hopes again. Uh, as first time I've gotten to interview him here in this forum, at least, a good friend of mine finally got to meet him in person for a uh, pretty special night. I don't know, the Eagles won the Super Bowl, no biggie, but uh, <laughs> but it also symbolizes what we're going for here with the Phillies, and uh, you can follow his work. He is the, the podcast pod father of the Phillies podcast world. Uh, formerly Felsky Files, it's now uh, a podcast called Hidden Season. It's a Phillies podcast. Definitely check that out. And Good Fight uh, Number Fire. You can read his work over there as well. It is the great John Stolness. John, what up, brother?
2: James, it's a shame we didn't meet for the first time on a on an exciting night, right? I mean, like <laughs> it's just we're we're barely gonna remember it, you know, ten years from now, man.
0: Yeah, well, it's pretty funny because you you did a little interview with me beforehand, and uh, <laughs> you were like, "What would it mean if they won?" And I'm just like. Everything. And it turned out to be everything. It totally did. It worked out. It totally did. And look, I think that uh, I know a lot of people think it's silly, but I really do think that it's had a profound effect both on the fan base and and on the people of this city, but also on the teams. And and I think you're starting Mm -hmm. to see a real change in momentum a change in feel of Philadelphia sports so let's start right there John with the the news where you know the Eagles obviously win the Super Bowl the Sixers gonna make the playoffs this season Flyers playoffs and the Phillies you know we're, we're waiting we're waiting we're waiting getting excited and then all of a sudden the best free agent pitcher on the market Jake Arietta, is a Philly John on a macro scale and we'll get into the micro but but just on a macro scale what did this signing mean for you?
2: Well, I mean, it obviously means that I think I'm done watching a rebuild. You know, I think, I think the rebuild's over. I think they've turned the page. I think this is a team that now expects to contend at least, I think at least a winning record, but I think they, they expect themselves to be in, in the conversation for a wild card come the middle towards the end of the season. And I I think this team now, I, I feel like this team has a different personality. I, it just, I think you can see how Jake Arrieta is going to transform not only just our expectations of the team but the players expectations of the team you know I I, for the last few years I was thinking about this the other night these players that have been on this team for the last few years they've known they're part of a rebuilding effort and so the the pressure to win hasn't been on those guys and you know that's that's right that's how it was supposed to be for this little while and so now these players I think they're going to have an extra motivation to play well you know I think they they know that They've not that they've arrived yet, but that, you know, they're at least, you know, getting dressed to get ready to to where it is (laughs) they want to go. (laughs) And, you know, I I think that's what's really exciting now is getting ready to see, you know, who's going to step forward, who's going to step up. You know, how good can Aaron Nola be this year? How good can Reese Hoskins be? Which of these young players is going to take a step forward? Which of the young pitchers, hopefully one or two of them, uh, is going to be able to take a step forward and contribute? You know, that's this team is about wins now. It's not about. Pay, payroll and roster flexibility it's about it's about putting wins in the win column and maybe making yourself real interesting uh come trade deadline
0: time oh man that is like music to my ears john you know as as a couple of people have been talking about the phillies for a while it hasn't been as fun as it should be the last few years, and uh, it really, like you said, it the, the page is turning, and and just to think about you know how long we've heard about guys like Reese Hoskins and J.P. Crawford and Scott Kingery and all these guys that were the rebuild, the future, and, and now to actually see those guys and to see those guys you know begin to make a mark and and then grow from there, hopefully you know as high as we all believe they can, but uh, just to see it all kind of beginning. to, to grow and come together is, is incredibly exciting. And I think the Arietta contract, the Arietta signing is, is really that that signal that, that puts them on the map as a franchise in a way both to the rest of the league and also the fan base. So I, I'm with you. I think it's an incredibly important signing. It's very rare that, especially at this time of the season, you can sign somebody who can uh, that dramatically alter mm-hmm. your chances to to play meaningful September baseball. So let let's talk impact. We'll get I'm going to get to your, you know, actual prediction for the season and all that a little bit later, but uh Arietta's impact on this rotation. What is he what are you expecting from Arietta? I don't think anyone should expect 2015, but no. it, are we going to see the guy we saw the first half of, of last season the second half? What are you expecting from him and, and what can that impact have on the rotation?
2: Yeah, when you break down his last three seasons, obviously twenty fifteen is is the benchmark, and he's never getting back there. I mean, he's he's never going to be that guy again. But he was he was very good. <clears throat> pardon me, he was very good in twenty sixteen, and he was good in the second half last year. So really, we're talking about one half of bad pitching from Jake Arrieta over the last three years. That's that's five half five good halves and one bad half of pitching, and so my hope is that you know he rediscovers a little bit of what made him good in the second half last year and in 2016 and and that's what he is this season so i mean i think this is not signing Jeremy Hellickson. You're not just hoping to get some innings out of out of Jake Arietta You want some innings and some top-flight performance as well. I don't think he's going to be a five-win pitcher this year, but I think a three-win a th- three-win season for Jake Arietta is, is certainly something that's in the realm of expectations here for me anyway. I I, I want to see him get get about 180 innings this year. I want to see him make 30 starts. I want to see him with an ERA, you know, three between 3.3 and 3.4, something like that. You know, I think that would be a terrific season for a 32 year old right hander who has some diminishing velocity. And I I think that can help out this rotation so much because it, it takes the pressure off Aaron Nola for one thing. Aaron Nola doesn't have to be the only good pitcher on this starting road in this starting rotation. You you now have, you know, he has a running buddy, you know, so it's not all on him. And I think that's gonna help Nola to pitch a little bit better this year. And then it relieves a little bit of the pressure on guys like Jared Eikoff and Vince Velasquez. I mean, this is still an important season for both of those pitchers because We've seen flashes from both of them more from Eikoff than from Velazquez, but we see what Velazquez can do when he's on. We see what Eikhoff can do when he's healthy. And Jake Arrieta bumping those guys down a slot in the rotation just it 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 feels right. It feels better. Jared Eikov as a number two starter didn't feel right. You know, it didn't he doesn't he is not the number 2 starter of a potential playoff team. He could be the potential the number 3 starter of a potential playoff team and Velasquez turns into all of a sudden a, a number 4 pitcher who can be a pretty nice lottery ticket for you if he if all, if he can, you know, figure it out. So, wh- he just lengthens everything out and the other thing that he, I think he does James is I think he's going to be a mentor to a lot of these guys, you yes. know. He, he's gonna, yeah, he's going to help out. I you were seeing that in the dugout. Uh, I I couldn't agree more, John. Yeah, I mean just the, the first the, the first inning of the first game that he was with the team on Wednesday, you could see him in the dugout everybody's gravitating towards him and he's he's talking pitching, you know, he's holding his hand in the way that he holds his slider and cutter, and you know that's what he's talking to them about. He's 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 gonna help these guys, I think, know how to handle, you know, being ready every fifth day and, and how to handle the expectations of being on a winning team. And so I it just it helps in, it fills so many different columns.
0: I, I could not agree more with that. Uh, the, the fact that this guy can come in and not only, like you said, I think taking the pressure off Aaron Nola to have to be the stopper, the guy. Mm -hmm. You're on a losing streak. It's Aaron Nola. The amount of pressure that he has to go out and shut that down is so amplified when you don't have another guy in that rotation that you can count on. Arietta automatically becomes that guy. And like you said, I think the soft benefits that you don't see on on the stat sheet are going to prove to be just as big as anything. The fact that this guy is is a leader. He is a workout psychopath. You know, he's (laughs) someone he's going to set an example. He really is. For, for yeah. a young group of guys, and uh, there's no one else on this staff like that that they have. He's a guy who comes in with a Cy Young on his resume, a World Series ring on his resume. It's someone who can command a room with those type of guys, especially if they're receptive and they're willing to learn. So, John, I I, th- I think that's a terrific point, and I think that's something that I'm sure, the, obviously, the Phillies factored in, but it's something that you might not think about. You look at just the, the numbers on the field and the impact there, I think – much more comes with the Arietta signing. So speaking of, of what you just mentioned there with Velasquez and Eikhoff, really quickly just touching on those two guys, I, I know we've talked in the past, both of us have been Eikhoff believers. At, yeah. Where do you stand right now on Eikhoff and Velasquez? And if you had to bet, are, are, are these going to be the guys who we think we can count on as a three, four, five, even type guy? Or are we going to get the Velasquez we've seen in terms of You know, unable to to stay consistent, unable to stay on the field, and and Eikhoff, who isn't able to to have that, you know, elite-type control that he had a couple years ago.
2: Yeah, I think ICF issues last year really did have a lot to do with injury, and so I, I, I think he's a guy that can bounce back. And, and you, like you said, I'm an Ikoff truther. I'm an Ikoff stan. You know, I, I I'm a believer in 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 him. I mean, I look at his his 2015 and 16 seasons when you know he he was a he, a really solid above average major league pitcher, and a a, good, a really a true number three starter in this league with a with with a wipe with a strikeout pitch. I mean, that's what you have to have to be successful at the major league level. His curveball is a swing and miss pitch and he can when he's able to throw that pitch for strikes and he's able to locate his fastball he's a dangerous arm and and I think I feel good about the chances of him bouncing back in in 2018 more so than I do Vince Velasquez. Listen, I could sit here and make a guess as to what I expect out of Vince Velasquez the honest truth is I have no earthly idea. And you know who else doesn't have any idea? The Phillies. They don't know. I mean, nobody knows what what Vince Velasquez is going to do. He's had stretches this spring where he's looked really good. He's also had a couple stretches where he hasn't looked too good. So, you know, I just – I want it to work out so badly because we see what he can be when he's on, when he's locating his secondary pitches, when he's getting them over for strikes. But. The way he's been the last couple of years is those starts are few and far between. And he just – when he's relying only on his fastball to get guys out, that's a problem. Now, we talk about Velasquez a lot needing to go deep into games. If the Phillies are going with an eight-man bullpen and the way teams use Major League starters nowadays – Starters aren't really expected to go more than five or six innings anymore. And I think the game is changing. And I think if Velasquez can be a guy who you know can give you just at least five or six effective innings every fifth day, especially with Arietta in the rotation, hopefully giving you some of those additional innings, I think you can survive with Vince Velasquez maybe only you know, totaling up 150 to 160 innings as long as he's staying healthy and as long as those five and six inning outings are effective from the number four spot in in the rotation because they built a bullpen with this in mind and I, I think they'll use it if they have to. And if Velasquez can do just that, if we can set the bar there for him this year, I think that's a bar he can get to. But whether or not he's able to do it, whether or not his head will let him do it, I have absolutely no idea, man.
0: Yeah, I'm in the uh, I'll believe it when I see it class right. with with uh, Velasquez at this point obviously the the talent is there the stuff is there but uh, whether it's injury or whether it's the head uh, it just seems like he's not going to be able to really put it all together at least as a starter but I'm with you on Ike Goff I really believe the back issue had a real profound effect on his season last season and yeah. uh I, i'm 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 praying and hoping for the best but i do have uh, optimistic thoughts there as uh as john something terrible has happened in the time while you're answering that question jack fritz has entered the studio oh, it's just a man yeah this john, is we, bad news. before you got here we talked about how much we hated you so perfect a lot
2: well i mean i'm used to that yeah, as no wait john were you john Were you tweeting today about uh jorge alafaro and like I was, have, a yeah, little, yeah. I feel like we're not excited enough about this guy. I was kind of down on him, like, after last season. Tell you what, his 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 approach
0: to the plate has been super impressive. Uh, who's been telling you for a while that you shouldn't be down on him? I know. This guy, t- Stolness. he's, like, walking around all the time. He's like, yeah, no, nah, Jorge's not going to work. This isn't going to work. It's not going to happen. It's all different now. He's actually, like, watching pitches and not
2: swinging yeah. at everything I'm seeing. I'm happy with Jorge Alfaro. You know, we talked about Carlos Santana's effect on Michael Franco. Maybe he's having a little bit of an effect on Jorge Alfaro as well. But, I mean, Alfaro is still – he's a baby. You know, he's still learning this game. And I think maybe he hasn't been able to work on his hitting, you know, his pitch selection as much because he's been so focused on defense the last couple of years in the minors. And now maybe we start to see that. You know, I think – I don't, know how, I don't know if he's going to hit. He's probably not going to have a high average this year, and I don't know how he's going to do defensively, but I would not be at all surprised if Alfaro hits somewhere between 50 and 20 home runs as a catcher. If he's going to make a 140 starts, that's certainly without, within the realm of possibility for him. That's a great rookie season for Alfaro.
0: Yeah, I think 20 homers is is... Absolutely on the table, and you add in the cannon of an arm. Oh. I, 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 like I'm, I'm excited about the guy, and like Jack said, Jack's real issue has been the pitch framing and all that type of stuff. I think that's something that will we don't know yet if he can really get where we want him to be, but I certainly have seen improvements so far, and I'm optimistic. I'm happy Jack brought up the the offense because we've spent so much time. Talking about the pitching. It's it's been since, you know, before the Arietta signing, it was, oh no, what are we gonna do about the pitching? And now it's all been Arieta, the effect on the staff. So let's flip it around and talk about the rest of the, the offensive side of the ball here as uh Jack bringing up Alfaro. When you look at the rest of the roster, we've been for the most part all pretty bullish about the offenses potential for this season. But if you're looking at this offense right now and, and trying to find a weak spot or, or at least what you might be most worried about, where are you kind of pinpointing it?
2: I'm pinpointing third base, and I'm pinpointing the offense we're going to get out of J.P. Crawford this year. I mean, I, I want us mm. to... I want us to be, you know, go into this season with with a clear mind about, you know, where these guys are in their development. This is gonna be their first full seasons, and so I like the way the offense played in the second half last year. I thought it was much improved, certainly much improved over having Michael Saunders and Cameron Rupp and and Tommy Joseph in the lineup every day. And I think the I think that as the season goes on, a lot of these guys are gonna start to get better. But, you know, I. I don't take spring training stats to mean anything. But the offense has not
0: looked good this spring at all. Uh, I'm now they're with just, you. I, I don't. I I really try not to overreact to that.
2: Right. And I'm trying to not. I'm trying not to to overreact. I'm trying to look at individual players, how they're progressing. You know, Michael Franco in the last couple games closed his stance up significantly and had a couple good games doing that. You know, he's got to do it for more than three games. He's got to bring it up north with him. And he's
0: mm-hmm. gotta he's gotta be consistent. I mm-hmm. I remain skeptical. Uh, yes, <laughs> you know? we we will be skeptical <laughs> to together he's sorry. stepping yeah. straight oh it's Jack. Good. stop stop it I'm all in stop I, it
2: I wrote a piece for the good fight with when I broke down and had some video and some stills on there of, of Franco's new stance and it worked for him the other day hitting that home run off Chris Archer and then taking an 0-2 pitch on the outside corner and hitting a bullet into right field for a single that's what you want to see from him because all the, I heard
0: everybody... was 0-2 pitch but he got a but he got a hit off and you're going to get you're going to have know. some o2 counts He's gonna in your life. Oh, it's all the guy has is o2 counts that that's, that's my issue That's i a fallacy. i, I am like but really the approach at the plate is so poor
2: the here's the here's the problem with with franco is that he's a first ball swinger he wants to swing and when he does make contact he has a lot of success Swinging on the first pitch. You look at his numbers. Swinging on the first pitch, he's well over 300. But the problem is when he doesn't, when he swings through that first pitch or he, or he he fouls it off or something like that. Once he gets into a hole, an 0-1 hole, he has a real hard time. But the the big thing that is that Franco needs to improve on is how to hit when ahead in the count. He hit he I think he hit uh, 200 last year when ahead in the count, and the league average was 299. I know this off the top of my head because I looked it up the other day, and that's If he can turn that number around, and that's a number he should be able to turn around because when you're ahead in the count, you're supposed to wait for your pitch. You're supposed to get fastballs. You're su- supposed to get strikes. Pitchers are going to have to come back across the plate he has not been able to take advantage of those situations that's the area i most care about he's going to get into some holes but he's not a guy who swings through a lot of pitches he's not a high strikeout guy uh, you know contrary to what a lot of people believe he's a, he's a high con- he is a high contact guy the problem is he makes really bad contact a lot and if this stance closed off if if he can If he can stride towards the pitcher and cover the outer half of that plate, not only does closing his stance allow him to see the plate better and to know what's a strike and what's not, it allows him to reach the outside pitch more effectively without rolling it over to the left side of the infield. Now, again, it's just three games. But that's the that's the recipe for Mike Franco's success in 2018.
0: Sure, I think that's fair. I, I just don't see it happening. I don't see him committing to it. And again, I don't see his approach at the plate getting any better. Uh, you know, look, like you said, he struggles ahead in the count. I, I mean, that's crazy. The best hitters in baseball hit that. You know, that's what you do. You hit better when you're ahead in the count. Uh, right. That that scares me even more. But um, regardless, I, I am a hundred percent at. I need to see it for not three games, three months for Michael yeah. Franco for yeah. me to feel any sort of positivity about him moving forward. And 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 here's a nice segue here in that I think it's very likely that Scott Kingery is playing third base by May or whatever. So let's talk about Kingery real quick because I I think we all know he won't be up to start the season, but probably not that long after how do you see the Kingery thing going? How do you see the Phillies bringing him up and fitting him into the lineup? Is it going to be a, you know, fit him in wherever they can across the diamond? Or, or do you see Michael Franco having maybe three, four weeks to prove himself and then potentially out the door?
2: I think they're going to give Franco more than three or four weeks, unless he's hitting 100 you know, I agree. in the first month of I the season. I think he gets so, more time than that. But
0: yeah, I think that's to be there's fair a to leash. Franco. Sorry? I think there's a leash this year. Yeah,
2: I think that. Well, there's no doubt, and because they know that they have not only do they have Scott Kingery, they also have a free agent class next year with a couple of third basemen, and so Franco, there, he one, has one there third
0: baseman in particular.
2: Well, yes, and he shall go. He, well, maybe we'll name him later, but you know, yeah, right. I think you're. I think you're right. I think what we're seeing th- them with Scott Kingery right now is they played him at shortstop in the game on Thursday. They want him to be able to play all over the field. I think that they. They want him on the big league roster as soon as possible. I mean, I, I certainly think they want to wait until the end of April to get that extra year of service time in. So regardless of what he does, he's no not question. starting open no question. No yeah.
0: question. No question. Right, so, and they once, should, for what it's worth,
2: absolutely and you know you can make the argument that you know Kingery in his final couple of months at AAA last year, his strikeout and walk rate went in the wrong direction, so you know another month down at AAA to kind of work on that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but we've seen in major league camp that he's 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 ready to play in the majors he's he has the no, look quite, of, he's ready of a to big be successful play. in the majors pretty that, pretty immediately, and I had this thought the other day, you know. What, well I'll get to this in a second but first I think what the Phillies want to do is use him as a super utility guy be able to play him at short play him at third play him at second all over the infield make him kind of like a um a poor man's Ben Zobrist kind of a thing where you know he's he's playing in a couple of different spots he's and he's doing them all effectively and that way they can get him a game at shortstop here a game at third base there a game at second base here they've been playing him in center field some you know maybe he's maybe he can play in center field some you know it's they want to be they want this with all of their guys to have positional flexibility with everybody but i think with kingery in particular it's a way to get him on the big league roster and i had this thought about him the other day it, he's Probably, of all of these young players, the best combination of offense and defensive ability and base running ability. Crawford, I think I think he's going to be a better hitter than J.P. Crawford. Crawford might be a little bit better defender, but I think is going to be a better hitter. I think he's going to be a better defender than Reese Hoskins, for sure. Um, and so this combination, you might... You, you he might be the, end up being the most valuable of all of these young players when all is said and done. You know, three, five, seven, ten years down the line, however long it is, these guys are all here, just because he can do so many things well. That's that's how exciting he is. That that's the kind of player we're talking about.
0: Totally, totally agree, uh, and I, I'm very bullish on all three of those guys' future, but. Kingery, I think, look, I think the Phillies, and not just the Phillies, I think baseball is heading more towards trying to get more versatile type of guys. Guys who can do multiple things. Obviously, an extreme example of it going on this season in Los Angeles with Otani, but I, I do think versatility is one of the next things that people are looking to kind of exploit and, and gain a roster spot by having a guy who can do multiple things for you, So, or multiple roster spots. So, I, I think that is absolutely something they're looking to do, and I applaud them for doing it. And like you said, Kingery is such a good defender at multiple spots that I think they can get away with doing that. I think he can be a plus defender at multiple positions. Because- well, remember,
2: re- remember, Gabe Kapler came from the Dodgers. This is what the Dodgers do with everybody. And Absolutely. that's how they got Cody Bellinger to the majors last year. With Adrian Gonzalez at first base, yeah. they put him out in the outfield. Chris you know?
0: Taylor. I mean, that, that's what yeah. they do out there, 100%. And look, I, I think that Kapler, I love what Kapler's been doing in terms of trying things that, that haven't been done before, or at least trying to do things differently. We you know we've talked a lot about the outfield shift thing just looking for for different ways looking at this the sport that's been around for 100 whatever years and saying hey you know why do we do things like that you know <laughs> like right. Wait, right. there's got to be a better way than that right like I, I, I love that and i'm i'm very bullish on capler as well but um let's get into a couple kind of um uh you know questions about the season ahead as we we try to put on our prognosticator app cat cap or hat or, or all hat of or it fedora, at the same whatever, time or whatever yeah. our prognosticator cap hat um what, what real quick before we get to your prediction i want you to give me what you expect to be the biggest surprise for the phillies this season and the biggest disappointment
2: oh the biggest surprise for the phillies this year all right let's just say um oh, the biggest surprise let's say that uh i think the phillies Trade for Cole Hamills. Whoa! At the trade deadline. Oh, I
0: think, You're sitting there for a second, thinking, "I'm like, oh, I wonder, you know, when, Cole Hamills." Boom! I'm gonna break,
2: yeah, we're going to welcome Cole back to town. Uh, I love in, that. In Late July. I love I think, that.
0: I mean, the Rangers yeah. are going to be out of it for sure. The,
2: and I think we're going to be. I think we're going to be in the in the wild card hunt by that time. And you you know, you could just tell John Middleton is is ready to do this. I love He's, it. It's ready, well, man. Well, I,
0: I can't remember who said it to me before, but I think someone said to me that it's almost like Klentak and McFarrell like, "Yo, John, let's let's slow so down I, just a you, little bit, bro. You don't know, chill for a second. He's like, "Go get him, let's go." You know, he's and, in this office saying, "Take my money, please. Just this just, yes. just, just, just take my money." Just, terrific. Again, a a third baseman potentially playing shortstop this season, potentially guy, potentially yeah. with the uh, 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 a name that rhymes with. Fanny Fachado, uh, potentially in the in the crosshairs.
2: Yeah, no, or we we're a name, you know, like uh, like Splice Jarper. You know, I mean it, <laughs> it could be something like that. So I think, you know, I listen, I mean, Cole Hamels isn't gonna cost a lot, you know, if if no, they trade for him here. And it's just I think I think Hamels is going to have a better season than he had last year, and he I think he wants to come back to Philadelphia. There's still really close ties there, you know. And if if he's having a decent season and the price isn't too high and the Phillies are in contention, I expect all of those things to happen. I certainly think a reunion uh, is possible. So that would be um, probably that would be my was a surprise or what would mm-hmm.
0: we call in that surprise?
2: Yeah, surprise. Okay, and um, I, I think the the thing that would be um, I don't know, I guess uh, the but the biggest disappointment if it were to happen this year, you know, I like I, I mentioned a second ago, I think J.P. Crawford is going to have some offensive struggles this year, and I worry the fan base is going to get on him for it. I, I just, I think he's going to have, you know, I think he's going to do pretty well getting on base. I think he's going to be probably a 340, 350 on base guy, but I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him hitting about 240 this year, 245 as he hits in the, the 8 hole or the 9 hole or wherever it is they're going to have him, you know, if the pitchers hit, and you know, I think he'll, he'll score some runs. I think he'll play good defense i think he'll probably be a, a two two and a half win player this year but i i do think that people expecting crawford to be a, an offensive centerpiece this year is probably going to be disappointed i do think he'll be a very good offensive player perhaps yeah, in I, I know
0: exactly what you're saying i think it's a great point and because I, I i think it's it's important to to kind of set the right expectations for these guys jb crawford is super young like, yeah. he is incredibly young, and he's also a guy who has shown a propensity to at times go into some funks. And also someone who really wasn't a big power bat and then, you know, hit the 12 homers in a month or whatever it was last year. Mm-hmm. So you might see those, what, 15 homers in the Myers and and think there's going to be some pop there. Um, I think there's not going to be pop. And I think I think he'll get on base. And I think that's all they're really asking him to do this year. Get right. on base, run the base as well, steal some bases, all that kind of stuff. Play and defense. Play, yep. And play play great defense, which I, I believe he will do. So uh, I'm with you. I think uh, I think he's gonna have a really nice season for someone his age in the major leagues in his first you know rookie season. I think he's going to have a really nice season, but I'm with you. I think it's something where people might look at it and it's like uh he batted two seventy five or 280 with you know seven or eight homers and and somewhat you know disappointing counting stats. I think that people might not recognize that it it still could be a really good season. It's the kind of thing you see with minor league numbers. It's always like, oh, well, he only hit... You know, two sixty in AAA. It's like, yeah, he's nineteen years old in AAA. Right. It's like that's amazing. You know, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah, um, I, I, I'm with you. I think that's a really good one. All right, uh, John, again, and everyone, check it out. Formerly Felski Files, it is now Hit and Season Affiliates Podcast. Check it out. Up to like one hundred eighty-one episodes, somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah, one eighty-one. Yeah. I would do one eighty-two this weekend. Killing it. Killing it! If you are not listening to John, you are doing it wrong. I've tweeted that. I said it. I believe it with all my heart, uh, and also just a wonderful guy as well. So, so oh, check John that's out. Very, it's
2: very sweet of you. if I, I
0: want to, can I just plug one more thing? Um, of course. Is it at John Stolness on Twitter? Because do that too.
2: That is correct, and um, we we actually um, we set up a, a Patreon for hit and season. Hey! We actually have a couple bonus podcasts um, uh, that I'm going to be doing on Sunday nights with fellow Good Fight writers Justin Clue and Liz Rocher um, We so we re- that's going to be um, we have a, a five dollar tier set up for bonus podcasts for Patreon subscribers, and so there's they're going to have that, and then uh, Justin and Liz are going to be doing another Phillies podcast looking back at the 1993 and 2008 Phillies because we're we got the anniversaries this yeah, year. That's- Awesome. So all summer long, they're going to be doing a, a, like a, a 45 minute, one hour podcast in the middle of the week. Uh, that'll be for Patreon subscribers as well. So again, it's patreon.com slash uh, to sign up for that.
0: That is awesome. Everyone go do that right now. It, don't even listen anymore. Just leave. Go do that immediately. <laughs> I don't even care. Uh, John, uh, before we let you go again, uh, follow John on Twitter at John Solness. John, what's your prediction for this season?
2: I think 84 wins, and they fall just short of a wild card berth, like one or two games out of a wild card. I think this is, I, I think this is uh, probably like an 82 win team now, and I, I think they make a uh, an acquisition at the trade deadline that helps get them close. But right now, I'm I'm putting this team at 84 wins. Um, you know, I think that's just. Uh, I'm. I'm not trying to be too optimistic and not too pessimistic at the same time. I think this is a winning team this year. 84 wins would be a monster season. Oh my for God!
0: Team. That's a, that's a, a what a, a 20 uh, or 18 win improvement. 18 win. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's really that that would be amazing. And uh, I'm I'm writing that range as well. And I really do. The the thing that whether it's 84 or 87, and they actually make the playoffs or whatever it is. This team is going to play meaningful baseball in September for the first time in what seven years or whatever yeah. it is. So, really, really exciting stuff. Uh, this is going to
2: feel like 2006.
0: James. I, that's, I think what, that's what I said we'll that out. earlier today. It's exactly what it is. It's 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 you had Jimmy and and Ryan and and Chase and these guys, and you're like, oh wow, this is exciting. Like Ryan Howard's a, a, who's this guy? He's just hitting bombs all over the place. Like it was it was a you're a hundred percent right. Uh, I think that's a great comp. Well, thank you. I and hopefully, we, you know, it leads to some World Series titles, right? That's, you know what? From your lips to God's ears, James. That's what I'm talking about. Whenever we hang out, a Philadelphia team has won a title. So, you know. That's right. I'll,
2: I'll see you. I'll see
0: you for game seven uh, of the World Series. Right? I, think, I think we have to, to kind of keep that going. So, uh, again, uh, hit and Season, check it out. Also, the Patreon page. And, uh, of course, this is where I get Good Fight, number fire, and at John Solness on Twitter. John, thank you so much for coming on, man.
2: Anytime, James.
1: Okay.